Welcome everybody, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this is Talking with TK. Madison from humble blue-collar roots of Kiama in New South Wales, Australia. Robbie has been inspiring millions around the world with his electrifying stunts. In today's episode, we speak about his idol, Evil Knievel, and his influence on his career and life. He shares insights into his mindset trading, meditation techniques as we delve into his family and professional life. We speak about visualization and how he creates his tricks all this and much, much more on Talking with TK. Before Robbie comes on, a big thank you for everyone that subscribed to the show and have shared it with their family and friends. If you haven't yet, please subscribe via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, my special guest is Robbie Madison. Robbie is a motocross and stunt biking champion. He's had some incredible. He has had an incredible career, which has included breaking the world motorcycle jumping record, successfully jumping onto the Arc in front of the Paris Las Vegas Hotel, and returning also safely to the ground. He's jumped the Tower Bridge in London with a backflip, jumped the core in the Canal in Greece. While in 2015, he incredibly achieved the feat of riding a modified dirt bike on a wave in Tahiti. We welcome Robbie Madison. Robbie, welcome to the show, my man. Mate, were you reading that? It sounded like you were reading that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, just off the top of my head, mate, I had to read it because you dead set. You've had like all these accomplishments, man. I could I not. Have, yeah. Could it's not. funny you mentioned that because I've been looking at it myself recently and just realised it's a blowout. Like, you know, I've been I've been at this whole game of following my dreams since I I nearly died when I was fifteen, and and it's. Uh, it's 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 pretty cool to look back now and see all the stuff that I've done because yeah. uh, I'm proud of it. One and two, it's it's cool to just see the people I've touched, the legacy I've built. You know, I think that everything that I've done is kind of uh, building towards who I am as a person. So I'm uh, I'm pumped these days. You know, I'm I'm stoked to be able to sit back and look at all the stuff I've done and be proud of it and uh, and know that I did it to a reason to get me to this point in life of, of the uh, mindset I have and. And you know, just the this is a connectedness I have with with the oneness. It's yeah. Cool. For everything that I did mention in the intro, you know, you've done six or seven just amazing things, man. For the people at home and all your fans listening in, what's next in 2017 for Robbie Madison? Well, if I was to tell you, it'd be unlike me. You know, I like yeah. to just keep things under the belt because I'm just I've been brought up uh, with a blue collared working father and. And I'm so proud of it. You know, I love my parents so much. And, and with the, the morals that have instilled in me, I just keep it as Aussie. You know, it's true yeah. blue. It's like you don't sit there and say what you're going to do. You know, you just go and do it because actions speak louder than words. So I just stay tight lip until I can achieve something because I'm not going to sit here and tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because something might happen. You know, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'm, talk, I'm starting to talk about it when I've done it. But yeah, just let the actions speak for me. 
Um, I definitely have plans under my uh, under the belt, up the sleeve, whatever tricks. But uh, yeah, I'm still dreaming big. I've got some great opportunities. You know, one of um, I'll, I'll, obviously what I normally do is just shoot some some hints. But it's not like I'm trying to play a cryptic clue. But I, I definitely want to talk about. It. You know, I've got a lot of cool stuff evolving. But uh, first and foremost, you know, the late latest thing that I did with the water bike, it just didn't really work out the way I envisioned it. So. It may look like I have the opportunity to go back and do what I originally set out to do, and that was to get barreled on a wave. So I really am working really hard right now to try and get my cards or ducks in a row so I can go to the perfect place that I have mapped out in, in, on uh, planet Earth here and go and uh, get the barrel. You know, I think my bike is ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. I know with the right conditions it's possible. So I just want to go and be able to tick that box so I can move on. You know, I've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of other ideas up my sleeve and, and a lot of them are still working progress. But yeah, there's, there's always a dream, you know, I'm just not like I've got one dream ahead of me, but I definitely have the the barrel on the wave in my, in my nearest sights. And then beyond that, I'm, I'm hoping to just keep ticking boxes and do stuff that uh, makes me motivated to get up and start the day with a, with a hop in my step. Yeah. Rob, do you think that's your biggest point of difference? You know, you spoke about your family before and you talk about that, that drive to continuously you know, continue to be evolve. Do you think that's your biggest point of difference? I mean, probably, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's a shame to think that um, I'm not a shame. I wouldn't say that because I'm talking about my co-writers and these guys who are they're my brothers. They're guys that I love, and I'll you know, a huge part of me wants to just see everyone do good. You yeah. know, I'd love to just see all my buddies just kill it. And unfortunately, with the state of the economy, I don't even know what it is, whether we're just overpopulating the, 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 the globe or what it is. But for some reason, freestyle motocross is dead right now mm. and action sports. You know, when I was a younger guy, I looked up and it was just a thriving business and there was an opportunity for me to travel the world and ride my dirt bike and, and get paid for it. And it doesn't matter if you're going to be the next Robbie Madison. It's kind of like I was there at the right time with the right things and, and the stars aligned and it all happened. And I'm not saying it's not achievable now, but the odds are definitely higher. You know, it's, there's a lot of guys out there with amazing talents and it's hard to kind of flesh out a fresh, uh, sorry, it's hard to flush out a fresh idea and be able to um, think that one idea is going to see you through. Like I've done in my career, I just have to keep reinventing myself. And, and it's, uh, it's been something that's it's deep rooted in me. You know, I, I, I love, I loved Evil Knievel as a kid. Um, I've been brought up and been inspired by all these amazing athletes in, in surfing and motocross and, and, and freestyle motocross and action sports, skating, BMX, whatever it is. Getting inspired by all these incredible athletes yeah. through the 90s and early 2000s has led me to be in the position I'm in. But for for um, those coming along, you know, it's, 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 it's a changing market, but it's, it's exciting. You know, I'm, I'm excited just in the fact that freestyle motocross is where my bread and butter started. And I see that division of, of the industry. There's, you know, these events that used to be massive, like X Games due to uh, Rebel X Fighters, a lot of them are culling down a lot. And even Rebel X Fighters is down to one round a year. So yeah. it's, it's inevitable that these things are getting smaller, the opportunities are getting less. But in the same time, Things are evolving, so it's it's an active marketplace, and and that's where I root myself. You know, I'm I'm here trying to 
I wouldn't say reinvent myself, but I'm just following my dreams. You know, I, I, I was a freestyle motocross guy, obviously, and my kids watch it now, and I was part of the Rebel X Fires and, and, and X Games, and I did all this cool stuff. And I would have loved to have done better, and I think I could have done better had I had my time again. But yeah. at the same time, I'm stoked for the way that things have evolved, and I'm at a, I'm at a point now where I have the opportunity to follow my dreams, and obviously those are riding the dirt bike on the water, I have other dreams that I'm working on right now that will hopefully – I want to be able to show the world and I, I want to do it like my hero Evil Knievel, you know, where yeah. he was able to stop the world and have everyone watch what he was doing. And back when in his day, there was only, you know, a few media outlets. It was like seven channels on television in the whole of America. And now you're competing with thousands of channels, yeah. social media, all these different apps. It's hard to condense the viewership. And, and have them watch it, you know, and back in the day, I think because of that reason that viewership is hard to get your audience, yeah. right? And and because it's hard to contain your audience, that drives the value of what you're doing to the promoter. So the promoter can only shop you out at a certain value because uh, for what audience you can reach. And yeah. if you're having like a local show in a local community, you're only reaching potentially 10, 15, 20, 100,000 people and, and to have, you know, 5% of that, you're talking kind of smaller numbers. So that's really where what's happened. And I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but yes, for right. me, like, it, it's a tough question to talk about my industry because I'm so passionate about it. But at the same time, I'm watching all these guys who are inspired by me. They come to my house. I help them out. Yeah. And then to see them go and be writers, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an evolving marketplace. But it's just, it's an exciting world. And, and I'm just stoked to be able to have different ideas to be able to keep throwing in the mix and try and, compete with the, the social media traffic that's out there on YouTube and all these different places these days, yeah. Facebook, whatever you have it. Rob, you mentioned that name, Evil Knievel. Now, what was the most memorable trick that you loved from him? Well, Evil Knievel, obviously, I, you know, it's, it's funny you ask me these questions because uh, I went to his funeral, you mm-hmm. know, and those that know me well who followed me through my career, they know that I'm I'm a bit of a spiritual guy, but I don't really preach it too much. But at the same time, I keep the balance. You know, I'll have a beer on the on the weekend, and mm. and I'm an Aussie, and I'm a blue collared worker. But at the same time, when it's time to knuckle down for an event, I'm the guy that will just go full on military. You know, water for drinks, eat like a caveman, train my ass off, get ripped, get strong, yeah. pull it off, full mind over matter. Whatever you have it, it's easy to be mind over matter when you're being military and you're training your ass off and you feel worthy of it. But at the same time, you've got to overcome your fear. So you've got to go to depths of your personal mindset that the average worker isn't forced to go to. And, you know, I came from a blue collar background. You know, I'm an electrician by trade. But to think now that the guys that I work with on the tools when I'm back in my teens, I mean, to go to that next step and be able to, you know, switch off. Um, be aware of your fear, but also not let it address you. It's it's a different mindset, and 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 so it's um, you know, the evolution of me getting there is something that I've just I've just struggled for. I've 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 been driven to get there, and uh, and I guess in 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 the in the sense of what I'm trying to say is, Evil Knievel inspired me. Obviously, I, I watched him as a young kid. I watched Robbie Knievel jump the fountains in mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And it kind of sends shivers up my spine. But then after that, in the early, you know, late 80s, early 90s, 2000s, whatever, I saw guys like Ricky Johnson, Jeremy McGrath, 
um, Mike Metzger, you know, Kerry Hart, Brian Deegan, Jeremy Stenberg, Nate Adams, recent, you know, was the most recent one, and then all of a sudden I fell into the loop of, of, of it. And then yeah. I grew up with guys like Dan Kinnaird, Luke Urek, who were legends of the sport out of Australia. First, they kind of were the first guys to do freestyle. But they were guys that I competed against when I was a kid. So I just fell into the freestyle world knowing I watched, when I watched the uh, Crusty Demon show and saw Dane and Luke out there, I was like, man, I used to ride against those guys. And sure enough, before I knew it, I focused on it, got myself out there. And and now it's um, I'm kind of being able to follow the dream that I originally had as, as an inspired by Evil Knievel. Yeah. And now at this point in time, I'm literally talking with casinos in, in backs about doing something in uh, in the expression of Evil Knievel. So Evil did his jump um, 50, years, 50 years ago yeah. um, to pretty much this this uh and he's uh I, i've been asked by caesar's palace to go and do in a big event you know in, mem- in memory for him so i'm super stoked that i'm literally you know it's been said before but being able to have that position as the person on the dirt bike memorizing 50 years of evil knievel yeah i spoke to the family last week it looks like i'm going to be able to get his his cape to wear his cape so oh wow special moment for me man like i went to his funeral and the stuff i was saying earlier about being a spiritual kind of guy i went to his funeral and and it was the craziest thing but i watched i looked at his body it was a dead body and in australia we don't have open caskets you know and here's evil knievel open casket at his funeral and he's there looking at me and i i got to stand in front of him while he was dead and talk to him and it was craziest thing because i'd been meditating a lot and so i was really mindful at the time and I didn't really have much internal, you know, dialogue going on in my head. So I was really kind of spiritually free, mentally free. And I was able to speak to him and be aware of my breath in and my breath out and be aware of the energy in the room. People were there and the fact that we were celebrating evils. And uh, now let me get rid of this bunk here. Um, to be able to standing there and and his body in front of me at his funeral, the, the energy there was crazy and I was really aware of it because I'd mm. been meditating a lot because I was about to do something I'd never done before and my, my just my path, my journey in life had led me to meditation, which is great. I recommend everyone, but I'm going to stand here and preach about it. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, um, as I'm there, I felt this cold rush of energy, as you would, or, or air go past me and it made all the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and, and I got this chill down my spine. And, uh, you know, after that, I went to the burial and all that. And I didn't realize at that time that that rush of energy was, meant that I was about to endeavor on this journey of following in his footsteps, but in the 21st century, you know. So I went to Vegas right after his death and his family was there to support me. I jumped the football field. Yeah, and then since uh, then, my career kind of took off and I did the building jump, you know, um, the Corinth Canal and, you know, rode the bike on the water and done all this stuff in Bond and, and doubled Vin Diesel and all these things. But the cool thing is now I'm looking to go back to Vegas at the end of this year and do something in the memory of Evil Knievel at Caesar's Palace and be able to wear his cape. So it's uh, it's pretty special for me, man, to be honest. You know, I really look up to this guy and, like, here, here he is on my wall. You know, wow. there he is. The yeah. man, uh, this thing, it, there's his bike. It's a signature kids' bike. But yeah, evils are uh, to be able to do this event. It's um, 
yeah, it's a special time for me. You yeah. know, I think uh, I'm so proud that my my career has got me to this point. You know, it's uh, a lot of my friends have died doing freestyle motocross. Um, you know, a lot of guys' careers have just ended because of whatever planning and, and the fact that the stars are aligning for me to be able to keep following my dreams and be able to have a a future beyond being a freestyle guy. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to be in this world, but at the same time I wanna try and help those who strive to be a Robbie Madison to find their group and be able to carve out their way to follow their dreams and live their life, you know, doing what their dreams are made of. Yeah. Robbie, you talked about, you know, the mindset. What I wanted to ask you was just that are you visualizing a lot of this? Because let's be honest, training must be dangerous. When you're competing, it's ultra dangerous. You know, you spoke about meditation before. Like what what exact things are you doing for mindset to prepare yourself for both for training and for the event ahead? So uh, the big key for me, and, you know, I've been through psychological evaluation. I've been to the world's leading psychologists who work with Olympians. Um, you know, work with Red Bull, obviously, for the last 15 years. So with that, in turn, you just have the the best people in the world at your, at your kind of demand. And uh, and through my journey, I've realized there is a way to approach being your best. Mm. You know, it's not, a, it's not a lottery. It's not something you need to not step on lines when you're walking down the footpath or the good, good wishes or goodwill is just going to fall upon you. It's all about what you put in. You get out what you put in. So, you know, obviously being fit, being at your best, being able to, you know, run a high cardio rate if you're going to be an athlete is, is the key. And, and being fitter than the competition is obviously mm. the foremost thing. But if you're the fittest guy on the paddock, if you haven't got your head together, well, then you're only bringing 50% of the tools there to, to get the job completed. And for me... The biggest thing for me, you know, I've been fit for, since I've been a kid, but I never had my head together. And I learned the art of getting your head together. And for me, a lot of it's been visualization. Um, the meditation helps you with visualization because, you know, you wake up in the mornings and, and I do like this deep breathing stuff. I'm, I'm really, you know, intact in with uh, Wim Hof and I, yeah. I do his training, online training stuff. That's pretty cool but, stuff. Yeah, the oxygenation of the of, of the the body and your cells and all that it's 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 I mean it's 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 amazing. So it's it's very simple, but it's it's very very helpful. And uh, and not only is oxygen oxygenation good for just being able to sustain a higher rate of activity for a longer period of time, you know, using it to stretch and to work out, it just improves your strength amazingly. You know, if you're able to go into um, what Wim likes to call it is uh, you, you do your breathing in and out, in and out, and then when you breathe all the way out, you're, I forget the term he uses it, but you, you're holding your breath all the way out, mm. and then when you work out, then you're so strong. Um, and, and his program kind of teaches it to you, but it's, it's, it's incredible how much stronger you can get, how much more efficient you can get when you oxygenate your body, your cells, your muscles. But beyond that, you know, the main thing that I've learned through doing my stuff is, visualizing what I want to do. You know, if, if you're able to visualize it and be able to piece it through and see it clearly from start to go, then you're actually training the muscles, the muscle fibers inside your body to fire at the right time. As you're visualizing it, it's, it's almost equal to physically doing it. Yeah. So the more you're able to visualize it and run through it, you know, the more comfortable you get. And when it comes time to perform, 
all of a sudden you're just not thrown in the deep end. You're able to remain calm in that situation the more you visualize it. But if you don't visualize it and you get thrown to that deep end, all your emotions run crazy, your mind starts running out of control, you start thinking about things that aren't even important, and all of a sudden you make a fundamental mistake that was a small mistake, but if you had been paying attention to it, it wouldn't have happened and it would change the whole outcome of the event. So, you know, the visualization side of things, breathing, being one with your body, mind, totally clear and in the here and the now, it's the only way to function at your most elite potential. Yeah. In terms of risk-taking, Rob, Rob that was 25 and Rob now that you've got two children and one on the way, in terms of what you want to take on in terms of risks, has that changed at all? Yeah, it's definitely changed. Like Rob 25 would have just sent it any day of the week Yeah, and uh, for no good reason. I'd say Rob 35 is, um, you know, I'm, I'm evaluating life. You know, there's there's uh, opportunities ahead of me that I don't really necessarily need to take and there's a lot of different directions I could go in right now and the direction that I've chosen is to just follow my heart and that's something that I've always preached is uh, face your fears, live your dreams. Yeah. And for me, facing my fears is overcoming the fear that I have of being um, a little bit kind of uh, suppressed. And so I'm trying to not suppress myself too much, but at the same time, I'm also trying to follow my original dreams. And my original dreams, obviously, to be like Evil Knievel. And I feel like I've kind of, I'm on that track. And it's beautiful that this event's happening the way it's happening, but... Beyond that, you know, that was a dream as a little kid and it was so vast, but, you know, focusing in more of what my specific dream is, there was the dream there to ride a motorcycle on the wave because I grew up surfing and riding dirt bikes and riding a bike on the wave was just something that I used to dream about and daydream about a lot, but I just never knew why. Yeah. And I always thought it was crazy that I always focused back on me riding my dirt bike through the water because it's like, it, it's stupid, it's never going to happen. And all of a sudden, one day I realized it was possible and now I'm doing it. So it's 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 uh there's something to be said about letting the mind just play, you know, yeah. like daydream. Daydream as much as you can and, and enjoy it. Hang on, someone's prying on my privacy here. Hang on, Jackie, give me a minute. Please. I'm doing an interview. My little guy wants to walk in here and he's That's okay. not too, he's not too quiet. <laughs> um, but uh Yeah, so there's something to be said about daydreaming, but um now I'm at a point now like what you asked originally, Rob 25, Rob 35, like I'm just trying to follow through what I um, what I really was passionate about. Yeah. And one of the biggest dreams that's still left ahead of me is probably the most gnarliest um, danger or, you know, that, that I should say that, that's ahead of me. You know, it's, it's probably the biggest risk ahead of me I'm still yet to face. And, uh, and it's just an evolution of who I am as a person. Um, you know, I feel that uh, I set out to change, not to change anything really. I, I just set out with a goal to to just live and, and give back in a way and, and, and just explore un, uncharted territory. And I want to I wanna fly my dirt bike. That's yeah. really what I want to do. You know, I, I, I obviously there was a dream of riding my dirt bike on the water and I've done it, but I, I really want to fly my dirt bike. And, and that's pretty much my, my dying wish. You know, if, if you were to ask it of, of, of what's ahead of me that I want to do that's in achievement category as an athlete, my final wish would be to fly my dirt bike. And I'm happy to hang the boots up at that point and just um, 
you know, once I fly my dirt bike, I'm happy to just leave the bar there and let people go and, and explore for themselves and see where they can take it. And beyond that, I'm, I'm happy to just be a, a father and, and, uh, and just, yeah, spread the love. You know, I'd love to talk to people who are in difficult situations and let yeah. them know how I overcame them. You know, I'm, I'm from a small town and we all kind of have the same issues and, and I'd like to think that there's an opportunity for me to speak to the youth of Australia and, and try and uh, encourage them to be the best. Guys, we hope you're enjoying the episode with Robbie Madison. If you haven't yet, check out some of our other episodes with the likes of Mark Hunt and George Cambosis. Here's a little sneak peek into the episode with Mark Hunt. There's something that inspires me that I like to sit down and read. So it's called The Man in the Arena. So I read it to you before I go anyway. So Fantastic. it's something how, something how I try to live my life with and, and why I'm a fighter. And it explains when I read it, I, I say, this is just what I feel like all the time. So, and especially after a hard day in office or after a loss, a loss. So here we go. It's, uh, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the door of deeds could have done any better. The credit belongs to the man who is empty in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who has become short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who does, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in the worthy cause, who at best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know the victory nor defeat. So I like reading that before I go to war and battle, and I've read it a few times for different other people. So that's what actually inspires me to do work, to keep doing what I'm doing and striving to be the best because, you know, I get asked all the time at parties by people who say, Mark, I don't know how you can be a fighter there, how you can do that. But then I say to them, mate, I don't know how you can sit in their car for two hours and go to work for someone else. If you haven't yet, please subscribe via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. Now back to the show. You know, you, t- you talked about daydreaming and that's where some of you things that you've, you've done have come up. Is that the only way you do it or do you sit down sometimes and just brain brainstorm a number of things that you want to do? You know, I, I really put a lot of pressure on myself a while ago to come up with a new idea. I, yeah. I jumped the football field in Las Vegas and I had the opportunity to do another event with ESPN and Red Bull and I had to come up with a new idea. And, and they said to me, you know, come up with a new idea. We love the way the last event worked out. Um, let's do something again. And I sat there and I thought to myself initially, like, all right, well, let's just redress this thing. Mm. And I thought about it for a little bit longer. I was like, well, that's what Evil Knievel did. You know, he kind of put buses in and then trucks in. And, and then it was always kind of a similar thing. And I was like, I don't want to just keep doing the same thing. Like, this is my chance to evolve things and, and, and take it to a new level. And I just didn't know what the answer was. And I kept thinking about, you know, putting military tanks in there or sharks like Fonzie did. Or, you know, school buses like Evil Knievel going full retro and putting on the leathers and the, and, and, and the cape. And then I was like, you know, all these things have been done. you got to be fresh and new. Mm. And, I, and I'd literally set aside days to sit down and come up with an idea. And, and, and those days would go by and I'd, I'd come up with nothing. And literally I just came to the, 
the, to the conclusion, and it was thankful to meditation that I was able to just let go. Yeah. And that's what meditation taught me to do was just to let go, let go of the pressures in life, let go of the stress, all the things that are, you know, upsetting you and putting pressure on you. Just let them go because if you let them go and you're able to just move through with no stress, things are a lot easier. And after I realized that and came to the point of letting go in life and letting go to all these pressures and, and you know, and part of me right now is trying to talk about, you know, um, male suicide, the the whole epidemic in Australia, yeah. but that's another whole conversation. But being able to let go is, is the key to it, to humanity. But I was able to let go of the pressure of the opportunity to be able to do this. And I was like, I thought to myself, you know what? If I, if this is meant to be, it'll happen. So I just gave in to that and I thought, I'm just going to let it go and, and test this because I've, I've heard through, you know, Jesus Christ talks about it, Buddha talks about it, yeah. um, or Buddha, however you say it. But there's a lot of spiritual geniuses or, and, or enlightened ones, whatever you want to call it, who have run the earth, who talk about a, a very similar um, way of living, who have spoken about, you know, this enlightenment state. And I just thought, I'm just going to let this go into the atmosphere, to the universe, whatever you want to call it, the oneness, the energetic field. And I thought, if this is meant to be, it'll just, it'll happen. And if it's not meant to be, it, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You know, if I don't come with an idea, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to happen for me. And, and I was at peace with that, so I let it go. And it's funny because um, I read a, a passage about Einstein and I was able to relate it to, and I'm not calling myself smart at any point, but I was able to relate what he did they say that when he came up with the theory of evolution, he couldn't actually kind of come across what the what the equation was or the theory or whatever, what he was trying to hit. And, and the same thing, I, was, I knew something was there, I just couldn't quite hit the nail on the head. And so I just gave in. And what Einstein did, he went rowing in his boat. And when he was rowing in his boat and he was mindfully free and he wasn't even thinking about it, all of a sudden it just hit him out of the dark and he came up with the theory of, of, of evolution and um, I believe it was. I may be wrong there, but it's a good story. But um, I uh, I came up with a similar way. I just let go of it. I thought, you know, if this is meant to be, I'll, it'll um, it'll it'll happen. And I just went about my life. And I was driving along the freeway, and I happened to just look over and saw a ten-story building. And I thought to myself, man, at this speed, with the right ramp, I would have mm. jumped over that building. Wow! And right there, I had the idea, and I realized the physics. I play. I actually physically did the physics of it. You know, it just happened by chance that I was able to picture a ramp being in there and realize at this speed with this, you know, moving forward this rate with this speed, the right shape ramp, I would have gone on top of that building. And, and once I had that vision, you know, obviously the whole theory came together and, and, and the idea to jump up and jump down was just more of a physics problem. But the idea came from, it has to come from a, a part of your brain that we don't, it's not in the, they call the the prefrontal cortex is what is our actively thinking brain and it, it doesn't come out of the prefrontal cortex. So that's when you ever want to think all your shit is happening in the prefrontal cortex and yeah. to be able to let go of that and to summon it from the rest of your brain, I think it honestly comes from turning your mind off and just doing a physical activity and, and if it's meant to hit you, it'll hit you. And uh, and for, for the people that are, want to stay switched on all the time and, and not let their mind turn off, I think a lot of the wisdom that is destined for them just surpasses them. And I, and I feel my greatest wisdom comes at, at times when I'm, when I'm not focused on, on what I want, but I've, I have a deep rooted um, 
energy about me that, that, that he's asking for a resolution to a question. And when I just let it go and go about my daily means, that's the answer to my questions mm. normally arise. So, yeah. Yeah, Rob, you, you mentioned meditation before. You know, there's different ways of actually doing it. You know, some people do it on apps. Some people do float tanks and things like that. What have you kind of experimented with and what works best for you? I do it all. I mean, float tanks are great. They're definitely, you have to be, um, you have to be quite evolved in, in the art of meditating before you get into a float tank to have a really good experience, I feel. Yeah, I got a lot of anxiety this last time. Yeah, you can't get in there with a busy mind or alcohol in your system or anything, any other drugs in your system. You really need to be very oxygenated and, and very at peace to be able to get in there and have, uh, have a great experience. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of like try to meditate daily. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm driving, walking, riding my bike, whatever it is, as long as you're aware of the breath in and the breath out and you try and keep your attention there, that's essentially meditation because you're in the present moment. And anything beyond the present moment where you're thinking about the past or the future, yeah. then you're not really with it. You're not in the, the here and the now. And, and so for me, I do it all the time. You know, if I'm on my bike, whatever I'm about to do, if I'm about to pick up an object that's heavy, I meditatively remind myself of the here and the now. I, I kind of pull in my butt muscles and I, mm. uh, I'll clench my lower core and take a deep breath and breathe out properly and do a correct lift me- method. And if you go about life not being really in the here and now and you're thinking about other stuff and you're trying to lift heavy stuff, that's when you throw your back out and you bulge your disc and all these kinds of stuff. So I like to try to – the short answer is I like to try to stay meditative as much as possible, but I really connect with it when I wake up in the mornings. I do some deep breathing, and then at night I get right into my breathing, and then obviously whenever I'm sitting in my in my hot tub or sauna – me relaxing is not just having a hot tub or sauna. It's, it's, it's sitting in a hot tub. It's sitting in the sauna and it's yeah. turning my mind off. It's doing the breathing. It's, it's being aware of my breath. And that's me recalibrating. You know, whenever, like I have a crazy life and I do got so much shit on my plate that it's easy to kind of get frustrated and anxious and, and stressed out. And I know coming from a blue collared worker in Oz, it, it, like everyone deals with stress. Mm. But, um, it's something that I'd like to just kind of spread the word on and I think it's something I'll do more later on in life is, is kind of travel and try and connect with people and just explain to them this, how I've overcome stress. You know, a lot of my buddies have committed suicide and a lot of people have gone to drugs and and uh, and a lot of people have done some pretty gnarly shit and, and I've been able to follow my dream. It's definitely kept me busy and kept me focused. But I could see if, if I didn't have that in my life, things could have gone south for me very hard and and one thing that's kept me on track is the meditative mindset of it's not so much of being some hippie that's dressed in you know different clothes and shaving the head or whatever but it's more about just um being mindful you know being able to be in the here and the now and and letting things go and, and it's, it's a peaceful way of life yeah robbie briefly touched on some of the training that you were doing before in terms of uh, a typical week how many times are you kind of doing strength training in the gym? How much time do you do your stunt sort of takes and then planning and things like that? What's a typical week look like? Um, typical week for me is just don't know what's coming ahead. Um, I prepare for events. So if things are scheduled in, I'll, I'll set forward like, all right, I've got this event coming up in five months' time. You know, military training starts here. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just goes to the full shift like diet, breathing, water intake, cycling, 
hear that this uh, the other but it all depends on where i'm at like right now i i just had my acl ligament a couple of weeks ago so i can't cycle run um a lot of the stuff in the gym's out of hand so yeah for me right now the fact that i'm limited on 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 how much cardio i can do it it's um during the week I, I spend a lot of time just um doing upper body stuff but i'm not like in a set routine like a regular track and field athlete yeah. you know i I kind of ramp up for events. So you normally give myself at least three months minimum to ramp up for an event. And then once it's done, I kind of go back to just, you know, sleeping in and, and I, you know, I still watch my figure. I don't get myself obese or, or just pig out and have no respect for myself. And I definitely monitor my alcohol intake and everything else. But at the same time, I'm, um, I like to, I like to operate with balance. You know, it's, it's, it's only so long I can go sugar free um, you know, alcohol-free, uh, dairy-free, you know, gluten-free and all the stuff that I do, I'd normally throw that all on top of each other. And yeah. it's cool, but for me, it's, it's just hard to upkeep because my wife's not on the same page length and, and being in society, it's hard. But I'd like to think that in my future, we evolve as a family into, you know, into a family that's able to kind of live more in a in a caveman-like lifestyle because I think that's honestly the the way of the future of, of the being ultimate healthy human is to be able to, you know, not have processed meats and not have sugar in, in your drinks and, and uh, go back to our roots. I think, honestly, that's that's probably something that a lot of people need to look at. Yeah, Rob, are you very superstitious? Why I ask is just watching a lot of your tricks over the years, I see that your wife's always waiting for you at the, the finish line. Is that something that you do intentionally? Oh, you always got to have the hot chick at the end of the road, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so I just travel around with her. Now, I have been very superstitious. It's cool you ask this because I was the most superstitious guy ever, but I actually started, I had um, obsessive compulsive disorder as mm. a kid, and it really kind of struggled me and, and made life tough for me. And uh, I actually spoke to some psychologists about it and uh, and. And I was able to just let go of it. I just realized it was unhealthy. I realized that what I was telling myself was wrong and the things that I thought in my head of the reasons behind why I wouldn't step on lines when I walked down the street and while I had to, you know, click the light switch on and off certain amount of times and have all the toothbrushes and all the food labels all pointing outwards and everything just had to be perfect. I was wasting so much time and it was it was causing stress for my loved ones. People around me was like it was really becoming an uncomfortable thing and it was an obsession Yeah, and it just obsessions unhealthy. So I, I, I realized that I need to give it up and it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I assume it's probably like being an alcoholic, not that I've ever been an alcoholic or being, you know, a smoker or something like that. I've never had those addictions, but I was addicted to obsessive compulsive disorder and it was a struggle for me to get over it. But, uh, with the OCD came superstition because I was superstitious that, if I didn't run out this daily routine of all these certain things I had to do, then bad things would happen. So to answer the story quickly, I was very superstitious as a kid. I managed to overcome it, and it was an enlightening part of my life, and it really took the strain of life away from me, and I've able to live a much happier lifestyle since I gave up superstition because at the end of the day, superstition's a BS. You get out what you put in, you work hard, you get better than everyone else, you believe in it, and then you are better. As long as your mindset is you believe in yourself and you know that you're better and you prove it to yourself, then 
nothing can stop you. But unless you have physical proof, you know, you can cheat yourself and pray to God and think that you're going to be better because you prayed, you know, a thousand times every day. Yeah. But unless you are physically better, and whether that comes from faith in in the power above, you know, I, I believe in it too. There's, there's definitely something bigger than all of us. But, you know, solely just praying to God and thinking that, you know, that um, that that's going to get you over the line, you need to learn some wisdom of life. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's a deep, it's it's a much deeper problem than that. Being your best is it, it comes from all. Of- all right, before I ask my final question, I just want to pay tribute to you, Robbie. You know, you're doing your thing over the world. You're inspiring millions of people here in Australia and back over in America. So be very proud, man. But I want everyone to get following Robbie, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. He's Robbie Madison on all platforms. Is there anything else you want to add from there, Robbie? Robbie, cool. I'd love, the, I'd love the support of Australia, man. I appreciate the interview and the time. And, uh, you know, I'm just a blue-collar guy. I'm here. I'm Australia. You know, I just, I'm just flying a flag, you know, I'm just, I'm here representing every Aussie that has struggles and we all have them, we're all human and I just like to think that after my career's over I can travel Australia and connect with all my brothers and sisters out there and just be a strength to people, you know, I just want people to be able to, be able to have the strength to face tough times and not give in, you know, and, and, and that's, that's pretty much my motto is I've, I've done the impossible and I want the stuff that I've done to resonate with with, uh, with the men and women of Australia and of the world and to let them know that when times get tough, take a deep breath, you know, because time heals all wounds and uh, and we, we get older, we get wiser. And sometimes when you let things go, you know, in, in time, they all make sense again. And, and I hope that, that the strength in those words can, can resonate with people and help them get through their toughest times and be their best and live life in peace. Robbie Madison, you've been awesome. Thanks so much for stopping by talking with TK. And let's do this again, especially after you do this one with Evil Knievel. I'm looking forward to it, man. Cheers, TK. I look forward to talking to you again, brother. Thanks, All the best. Guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode with the dead elbow himself, Robbie Madison. Next on the show, a real treat. We've got the world champion Australian surfer, Mark Ocalupo. So be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in touch with me, the best way is Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. Until next time, guys, I'm Tristan Cannell and this is Talking With TK.